Section 4 of The Great Events, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Colleen McMahon. The Great Events by Famous Historians, Volume 1, edited by Charles F. Horn, Rossiter Johnson, and John Rudd. Compilation of the Earliest Code, B.C. 2250, by Hammurabi, Part 1. The foundation of all lawmaking in Babylonia from about the middle of the 23rd century B.C. to the fall of the empire was the Code of Hammurabi, the first king of all Babylonia. He expelled invaders from his dominions, cemented the union of North and South Babylonia, made Babylon the capital, and thus consolidated an empire which endured for almost twenty centuries. The code which he compiled is the oldest known in history, older by nearly a thousand years than the Mosaic, and of earlier date than the so-called Laws of Manu. It is one of the most important historical landmarks in existence, a document which gives us knowledge not otherwise furnished of the country and people, the civilization and life of a great center of human action hitherto almost hidden in obscurity. Hammurabi, who is supposed to be identical with Amraphel, a contemporary of Abraham, is regarded as having certainly contributed through his laws to the Hebrew traditions. The discovery of this code has, therefore, a special value in relation to biblical studies, upon which so many other important sidelights have recently been thrown. The discovery was made at Susa, Persia, in December and January 1901-1902, by Monsieur de Morgan's French Excavating Expedition. The monument on which the laws are inscribed, a steel of black diorite nearly eight feet high, has been fully described by Assyriologists and the inscription transcribed. It has been completely translated by Dr. Hugo Winkler, whose translation in De Gesetia Hammurabis, Bond 4, Heft 4, of Der Alta Orient, furnishes the basis of the version herewith presented. Following an autobiographic preface, the text of the code contains 280 edicts and an epilogue. To readers of the code who are familiar with the Hebrew scriptures, many biblical parallels will occur. When Anu the Sublime, king of the Anunnaki, and Bel, god of the earth, the lord of heaven and earth, who decreed the fate of the land, assigned to Marduk, or Merodach, the great god of Babylon, the overruling son of Ea, god of the waters, god of righteousness, dominion over earthly man, and made him great among the Ijiji, they called Babylon by his illustrious name, made it great on earth, and founded an everlasting kingdom in it, Babylon whose foundations are laid so solidly as those of heaven and earth. Then Anu and Bel called by name me, Hammurabi, the exalted prince, who feared God, to bring about the rule of righteousness in the land, to destroy the wicked and the evildoers, so that the strong should not harm the weak, so that I should rule over the black-headed people like Shamash, the sun god, and enlighten the land to further the well-being of mankind. Hammurabi, the prince, called of Belami, making riches an increase, enriching Nippur and Dur-ilu beyond compare, sublime patron of Ikor, temple of Bel in Nippur, the seat of Bel's worship, who re-established Eridu and purified the worship of Iapsu, temple of Ea at Eridu, the chief seat of Ea's worship, 
who conquered the four quarters of the world, made great the name of Babylon, rejoiced the heart of Marduk, his lord who daily pays his devotions in Sajil, Marduk's temple in Babylon, the royal scion whom Sin made, who enriched Or, Abraham's birthplace, the seat of the worship of Sin, the moon god, the humble, the reverent, who brings wealth to Gish Shirgal, the white king, herd of Shamash, the mighty, who again laid the foundations of Sepana, seat of worship of Shamash and his wife Malkat, who clothed the gravestones of Malkat with green, symbolizing the resurrection of nature, who made Ibebar, temple of the sun in Sippara, great, which is like the heavens, the warrior who guarded Larsa and renewed Ibebar, temple of the sun in Larsa, biblical Elassar, in southern Babylonia, with Shamash as his helper, the Lord who granted new life to Uruk, biblical Erech, who brought plenteous water to its inhabitants, raised the head of Iana, temple of Ishtar-Nana at Uruk, and perfected the beauty of Anu and Nana, shield of the land, who reunited the scattered inhabitants of Isin, who richly endowed Igalmak, temple of Isin, the protecting king of the city, brother of the god Zamama, god of Kish, who firmly founded the farms of Kish, crowned Emete Ursag, sister city of Kish, with glory, redoubled the great holy treasures of Nana, managed the temple of Harsag Kalama, temple of Nergal at Kutha, the grave of the enemy, whose help brought about the victory, who increased the power of Kutha, made all glorious in Ishidlam, a temple, the black steer, title of Marduk, who gored the enemy, beloved of the god Nebo, who rejoiced the inhabitants of Borsippa the Sublime, who is indefatigable for Izida, temple of Nebo in Babylon, the divine king of the city, the white, wise, who broadened the fields of Dilbat, who heaped up the harvest for Arash, the mighty, the lord to whom come scepter and crown, with which he clothes himself, the elect of Mama, who fixed the temple bounds of Kesh, who made rich the holy feasts of Nintu, goddess of Kesh, the provident solicitous, who provided food and drink for Lagash and Girsu, who provided large sacrificial offerings for the temple of Ningirsu at Lagash, who captured the enemy, the elect of the oracle, who fulfilled the prediction of Halab, who rejoiced the heart of Anunit, whose oracle had predicted victory, the pure prince, whose prayer is accepted by Adad, god of Halab, with goddess Anunit, who satisfied the heart of Adad, the warrior, in Karkar, who restored the vessels for worship in Eud Gagau, the king who granted life to the city of Adab, the guide of Emak, the princely king of the city, the irresistible warrior, who granted life to the inhabitants of Mashkan Shabri and brought abundance to the temple of Shidlam, the white potent who penetrated the secret cave of the bandits, saved the inhabitants of Malka from misfortune, and fixed their home fast in wealth, who established pure sacrificial gifts for Ea and Demgalnuna, who made his kingdom everlastingly great, the princely king of the city, who subjected the districts on the Ukibnuna canal, Euphrates, to the sway of Dagon, his creator, who spared the inhabitants of Mira and Tutol, the sublime prince who makes the face of Nini shine, who presents holy meals to the divinity of Ninazu, who cared for its inhabitants in their need, provided a portion for them in Babylon in peace, the shepherd of the oppressed and of the slaves, whose deeds find favor before Anunit, 
who provided for Anunit in the temple of Dumash in the suburb of Agade, who recognizes the right, who rules by law, who gave back to the city of Assur its protecting god, who let the name of Istar of Nineveh remain in Imishmish, the sublime who humbles himself before the great gods, successor of Sumulail, the mighty son of Sinmubalit, the royal scion of eternity, the mighty monarch, the son of Babylon, whose rays shed light over the land of Sumer and Akkad, the king obeyed by the four quarters of the world, beloved of Nini am I. When Marduk sent me to rule over men, to give the protection of right to the land, I did right and righteousness in, and brought about the well-being of the oppressed. Code of Laws 1. If any one ensnare another, putting a ban upon him, but he cannot prove it, then he that ensnared him shall be put to death. 2. If any one bring an accusation against a man, and the accused go to the river and leap into the river, if he sink in the river, his accuser shall take possession of his house. But if the river prove that the accused is not guilty, and he escape unhurt, then he who had brought the accusation shall be put to death, while he who leaped into the river shall take possession of the house that had belonged to his accuser. 3. If any one bring an accusation of any crime before the elders, and does not prove what he is charged, he shall, if it be a capital offense charged, be put to death. 4. If he satisfy the elders to impose a fine of grain or money, he shall receive the fine that the action produces. 5. If a judge try a case, reach a decision, and present his judgment in writing, if later error shall appear in his decision, and it be through his own fault, then he shall pay twelve times the fine set by him in the case, and he shall be publicly removed from the judge's bench, and never again shall he sit there to render judgment. 6. If any one steal the property of a temple or of the court, he shall be put to death, and also the one who receives the stolen thing from him shall be put to death. 7. If any one buy from the son or the slave of another man, without witnesses or a contract, silver or gold, a male or female slave, an ox or a sheep, an ass or anything, or if he take it in charge, he is considered a thief and shall be put to death. 8. If any one steal cattle or sheep, or an ass, or a pig or a goat, if it belong to a god or to the court, the thief shall pay thirtyfold therefore. If they belonged to a freedman of the king, he shall pay tenfold. If the thief has nothing with which to pay, he shall be put to death. 9. If any one lose an article and find it in the possession of another, if the person in whose possession the thing is found, say, A merchant sold it to me, I paid for it before witnesses. And if the owner of the thing say, I will bring witnesses who know my property, then shall the purchaser bring the merchant who sold it to him and the witnesses before whom he bought it, and the owner shall bring witnesses who can identify his property. The judge shall examine their testimony, both of the witnesses before whom the price was paid, and of the witnesses who identify the lost article on oath. The merchant is then proven to be a thief and shall be put to death. The owner of the lost article receives his property, and he who bought it receives the money he paid from the estate of the merchant. 10. If the purchaser does not bring the merchant and the witnesses before whom he bought the article, but its owner bring witnesses who identify it, then the buyer is the thief and shall be put to death, 
and the owner receives the lost article. 11. If the owner do not bring witnesses to identify the lost article, he is an evildoer, he is traduced, and shall be put to death. 12. If the witnesses be not at hand, then shall the judge set a limit at the expiration of six months. If his witnesses have not appeared within the six months, he is an evildoer, and shall bear the fine of the pending case. 14. If any one steal the minor son of another, he shall be put to death. 15. If any one take a male or female slave of the court, or a male or female slave of a freed man, outside the city gates, he shall be put to death. 16. If any one receive into his house a runaway male or female slave of the court or of a freedman, and does not bring it out at the public proclamation of the major domus, the master of the house shall be put to death. 17. If any one find a runaway male or female slave in the open country and bring them to their masters, the master of the slaves shall pay him two shekels of silver. 18. If the slave will not give the name of the master, the finder shall bring him to the palace. A further investigation must follow, and the slave shall be returned to his master. 19. If he hold the slaves in his house, and they are caught there, he shall be put to death. 20. If the slave that he caught run away from him, then shall he swear to the owners of the slave, and he is free of all blame. 21. If any one break a hole into a house, break in to steal, he shall be put to death before that hole and be buried. 22. If any one is committing a robbery and is caught, then he shall be put to death. 23. If the robber is not caught, then shall he who was robbed claim under oath the amount of his loss. Then shall the community, and blank, on whose ground and territory, and in whose domain it was, compensate him for the goods stolen. 24. If persons are stolen, then shall the community and blank pay one mina of silver to their relatives. 25. If fire break out in a house, and someone who comes to put it out cast his eye upon the property of the owner of the house, and take the property of the master of the house, he shall be thrown into that selfsame fire. 26. If a chieftain or a man, common soldier, who has been ordered to go upon the king's highway for war does not go, but hires a mercenary, if he withholds the compensation, then shall this officer or man be put to death, and he who represented him shall take possession of his house. 27. If a chieftain or man be caught in the misfortune of the king, captured in battle, and if his fields and garden be given to another, and he take possession, if he return and reaches his place, his field and garden shall be returned to him. He shall take it over again. 28. If a chieftain or a man be caught in the misfortune of a king, if his son is able to enter into possession, then the field and garden shall be given to him. He shall take over the fee of the father. 29. If his son is still young and cannot take possession, a third of the field and garden shall be given to his mother, and she shall bring him up. 30. If a chieftain or a man leave his house, garden, and field, and hires it out, and someone else takes possession of his house, garden, and field, and uses it for three years, if the first owner return and claims his house, garden, and field, it shall not be given to him, but he who has taken possession of it and used it shall continue to use it. 31. If he hire it out for one year and then return, the house, garden, and field shall be given back to him 
and he shall take it over again. 32. If a chieftain or a man is captured on the way of the king, in war, and a merchant buy him free, and bring him back to his place, if he have the means in his house to buy his freedom, he shall buy himself free. If he have nothing in his house with which to buy himself free, he shall be bought free by the temple of his community. If there be nothing in the temple with which to buy him free, the court shall buy his freedom. His field, garden, and house shall not be given for the purchase of his freedom. 33. If a blank or a blank from the connection, some man higher in rank than a chieftain, enter himself as withdrawn from the way of the king and send a mercenary as substitute but withdraw him, then the blank or blank shall be put to death. 34. If a blank, same as in 33, or a blank harm the property of a captain, injure the captain, or take away from the captain a gift presented to him by the king, then the blank or blank shall be put to death. 35. If any one buy the cattle or sheep which the king has given to chieftains from him, he loses his money. 36. The field, garden, and house of a chieftain, of a man, or of one subject to quit rent cannot be sold. 37. If any one buy the field, garden, and house of a chieftain, man, or one subject to quit rent, his contract tablet of sale shall be broken, declared invalid, and he loses his money. The field, garden, and house return to their owners. 38. A chieftain, man, or one subject to quit rent cannot assign his tenure of field, house, and garden to his wife or daughter, nor can he assign it for a debt. 39. He may, however, assign a field, garden, or house which he has bought and holds his property to his wife or daughter or give it for debt. 40. He may sell field, garden, and house to a merchant, royal agents, or to any other public official, the buyer holding field, house, and garden for its usufruct. 41. If any one fence in the field, garden, and house of a chieftain, man, or one subject to quit rent, furnishing the palings therefore, if the chieftain, man, or one subject to quit rent return to field, garden, and house, the palings which were given to him become his property. 42. If any one take over a field to till it, and obtain no harvest therefrom, it must be proved that he did no work on the field, and he must deliver grain, just as his neighbor raised, to the owner of the field. 43. If he do not till the field, but let it lie fallow, he shall give grain, like his neighbors, to the owner of the field, and the field which he let lie fallow he must plow and sow and return to its owner. 44. If any one take over a waste-lying field to make it arable, but is lazy and does not make it arable, he shall plow the fallow field in the fourth year, harrow it and till it, and give it back to its owner, and for each ten gan, a measure of area, ten gur, dry measure, of grain shall be paid. 45. If a man rent his field for tillage for a fixed rental, and receive the rent of his field, but bad weather come and destroy the harvest, the injury falls upon the tiller of the soil. 46. If he do not receive a fixed rental for his field, but lets it on half or third shares of the harvest, the grain on the field shall be divided proportionately between the tiller and the owner. 47. If the tiller, because he did not succeed in the first year, has had the soil tilled by others, the owner may raise no objection. The field has been cultivated, and he receives the harvest according to agreement. 48. 
If any one owe a debt for a loan, and a storm prostrates the grain, or the harvest fail, or the grain does not grow for lack of water, in that year he need not give his creditor any grain. He washes his debt tablet in water, a symbolic action indicating the inability to pay, and pays no rent for this year. 49. If any one take money from a merchant, and give the merchant a field tillable for corn or sesame, and order him to plant corn or sesame in the field, and to harvest the crop, if the cultivator plant corn or sesame in the field, at the harvest the corn or sesame that is in the field shall belong to the owner of the field, and he shall pay corn as rent, for the money he received from the merchant, and the livelihood of the cultivator shall he give to the merchant. 50. If he give a cultivated cornfield or a cultivated sesame field, the corn or sesame in the field shall belong to the owner of the field, and he shall return the money to the merchant as rent. 51. If he have no money to repay, then he shall pay in corn or sesame in place of the money as rent for what he received from the merchant, according to the royal tariff. 52. If the cultivator do not plant corn or sesame in the field, the debtor's contract is not weakened. 53. If anyone be too lazy to keep his dam in proper condition, and does not so keep it, if then the dam break and all the fields be flooded, then shall he in whose dam the break occurred be sold for money, and the money shall replace the corn which he has caused to be ruined. 54. If he be not able to replace the corn, then he and his possessions shall be divided among the farmers whose corn he has flooded. 55. If any one open his ditches to water his crop, but is careless, and the water flood the field of his neighbor, then he shall pay his neighbor corn for his loss. 56. If a man let in the water, and the water overflow the plantation of his neighbor, he shall pay ten gur of corn for every ten gan of land. 57. If a shepherd, without the permission of the owner of the field, and without the knowledge of the owner of the sheep, lets the sheep into a field to graze, then the owner of the field shall harvest his crop, and the shepherd, who had pastured his flock there without permission of the owner of the field, shall pay to the owner twenty gur of corn for every ten gan. 58. If, after the flocks have left the pasture and been shut up in the common fold at the city gate, any shepherd let them into a field and they graze there, this shepherd shall take possession of the field which he is allowed to be grazed on and at the harvest he must pay sixty gur of corn for every ten gan. 59. If any man, without the knowledge of the owner of a garden, fell a tree in the garden, he shall pay half a mina in money. 60. If any one give over a field to a gardener for him to plant it as a garden, if he work at it and care for it for four years, in the fifth year the owner and the gardener shall divide it, the owner taking his part in charge. 61. If the gardener has not completed the planting of the field, leaving one part unused, this shall be assigned to him as his. 62. If he do not plant the field that was given over to him as a garden, if it be arable land for corn or sesame, the gardener shall pay the owner the produce of the field for the years that he let it lie fallow, according to the product of neighboring fields, put the field in arable condition and return it to its owner. 63. If he transform wasteland into arable fields and return it to its owner, the latter shall pay him for one year ten gur for ten gan. 64. 
if any one hand over his garden to a gardener to work the gardener shall pay to its owner two-thirds of the produce of the garden for so long as he has it in possession and the other third shall he keep sixty five if the gardener do not work in the garden and the product fall off the gardener shall pay in proportion to other neighboring gardens here a portion of the text is missing apparently comprising thirty-five paragraphs one hundred interest for the money as much as he is received he shall give a note therefore and on the day when they settle pay to the merchant one o one if there are no mercantile arrangements in the place whither he went he shall leave the entire amount of money which he received with the broker to give to the merchant. 102. If a merchant entrusts money to an agent, broker, for some investment, and the broker suffer a loss in the place to which he goes, he shall make good the capital to the merchant. 103. If, while on the journey, an enemy take away from him anything that he had, the broker shall swear by God, take an oath, and be free of obligation. 104. If a merchant give an agent corn, wool, oil, or any other goods to transport, the agent shall give a receipt for the amount and compensate the merchant therefore. Then he shall obtain a receipt from the merchant for the money that he gives the merchant. 105. If the agent is careless and does not take a receipt for the money which he gave the merchant, he cannot consider the unreceipted money as his own. 106. If the agent accept money from the merchant, but have a quarrel with the merchant denying the receipt then shall the merchant swear before god and witnesses that he has given this money to the agent and the agent shall pay him three times the sum 107 if the merchant cheat the agent in that as the latter has returned to him all that had been given him but the merchant denies the receipt of what had been returned to him then shall this agent convict the merchant before god and the judges and if he still deny receiving what the agent had given him, shall pay six times the sum to the agent. 108. If a tavern-keeper, feminine, does not accept corn according to gross weight in payment of drink, but takes money, and the price of the drink is less than that of the corn, she shall be convicted and thrown into the water. 109. If conspirators meet in the house of a tavern-keeper, and these conspirators are not captured and delivered to the court, the tavern-keeper shall be put to death. 110. If a sister of a god, one devoted to the temple, open a tavern or enter a tavern to drink, then shall this woman be burned to death. End of section 4. Recording by Colleen McMahon.